Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the show. Glad to be with you. Great show lined up today, Thank, thankfully, because of the great guests we have on this program that uh, share time with us each week. And we'll go through the lineup here in just a moment, but first, a couple program notes. Uh, I have to attend the funeral Friday of the great Bob Lane, who we lost last Friday night. And uh, there will be no Friday show. So I'll be back from a show perspective after today on Monday. And as far as the weekend goes, really excited for two rivalry games, Floyd Central hosting Jeffersonville on Friday night because of Indiana playing Friday night as well, which if you've listened to this show, you know I hate Friday night Big Ten basketball and football that overlaps with the high school stuff here at Indiana, but it's just where we're at in television rights and college sports today. But that said, we'll have the Floyd Central Jeff game on WGTK 970, one of our sister stations, one of the best radio signals in the Louisville market. So don't forget to flip over when you hear IU if you're looking for high school stuff or maybe you want to flip back and forth between IU and high school basketball. But the high school game will be on 970 coming up on Friday night. Our pregame show from Alton Floyd's Knobs will begin around 7, 10 p.m. Jeff Crawford will be with me for that game. Then on Saturday, really excited about Jeffersonville and Providence, two different styles. I think it will be a good game. It's at Johnson Arena. I know they're gearing up for a big crowd there. The Pacers crew is coming in that does all the acrobatic trampoline dunks and things for the kids. That's always been a big hit when they have attended local schools in recent seasons, so maybe make your way out to that game. But we'll have that broadcast Saturday night back on the Big X right here, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, 710 pregame show Saturday night as well, uh, Jeff and Providence. So looking forward to a doubleheader of high school basketball this weekend. I'll tell you what, between Indiana and some Purdue and Western Kentucky, and of course this whole family of stations that we're involved in now, uh, so many different games. The Louisville Network, how about the Cardinals, a win last night, 16-point, I think, underdogs, and able to get a monster win over Miami last night. But we've got so much play-by-play on this uh, station of uh, family of networks, or, or family of stations, I should say. Uh, it's really amazing how we juggle it all. But uh, nonetheless, busy, busy high school weekend, a busy play-by-play weekend coming up here uh, this weekend here on the Big X and our sister station. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. In just a moment, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, he's going to join me. Justin, a big IU guy. 
We're going to talk a little Mike Woodson. He's getting some real heat for the first time, and uh, I'll talk more about this with Justin, but uh, would love to hear your thoughts, 502-414-1450. Segment two, Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. He will be with us. We'll talk IU hoops. We'll get ready for the next game. We'll talk Xavier Johnson and his status and so much more coming up with Alex later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out today for a great lunch. They've got sandwich salads and soups and all of it is made fresh daily and they will surely satisfy any craving you have you might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages give honey baked ham in new albany a try i think you'll be glad that you did i already mentioned the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 uh, love to know your thoughts. Where do you stand with things on this Indiana team? What questions do you have for Alex when he joins us a little bit later uh, in the program today? 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today. And grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and fire us off a text. Even if you're mad as hell, fire us off a text. 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Uh, Let's get into our Hoosier headlines. A number of things I want to touch on. Uh, Justin Kalin, producer of this show, going to join me here in this segment. First off, Justin, uh, what number one and number two, Purdue number one, Houston number two, both were defeated on Tuesday night in college basketball, the same night that Indiana had the dismal uh, output, the dismal effort at Rutgers. And did, I, I lost track last night. I believe some other top-ranked teams went down in college hoops as well. Uh, it's been a crazy week for college basketball. Yeah, last night was a lot of fun. The last two days have really been a lot of fun. Kansas lost last night. They were number three. And then the number five team lost as well. Tennessee dropped their game. So one, two, three, and five all lose in a 48-hour period you have to love college basketball especially conference season man it's a lot of fun yeah this week has kind of been a little bit of a reminder of how fun March Madness is going to be and really the conference tournaments I love that week as well in college basketball Uh, kind of a little preview of upsets and so forth so help me here I don't have it in front of me who's the new number one pending they hold up through the weekend uh, you would have to think UConn. They were the number four team, and they got through unscathed last night, although their game was a little sketchy at times, but they were able to pull out in the end. So I would imagine it would probably be UConn, but I would not be surprised to see maybe a Purdue jump back to number one and UConn up to number two. I know that you, you gotta you feel like you kind of got to move all the teams that lost down, but I, I just feel like UConn – or Purdue specifically, and Arizona's up there as well, Houston. I think all three of those teams have really proved that they're good teams and just got unlucky and had a had a loss. All four of those top five teams that lost, by the way, were on the road. So it'll be interesting to see how much they punish those teams for losing those games, but I would imagine it would probably be UConn if they're able to win this weekend. Absolutely. A couple other things from college basketball last night. 
this was an upset, although it wasn't a top five team like what we've been used to the last couple nights. But Butler and Thad Mata, they yeah. had a big win over Marquette, who is or is ranked number 12 for the time being. Uh, so a big win for the Butler Bulldogs. Yeah, Thad Mata. I, I forgot that he was there until I guess it was yesterday. I was talking to somebody about Thad Mata being at at Butler. So good for him. Yeah, that's a that's a big win. Marquette's another one of those teams. They're a pretty good team, pretty guard heavy. They play good defense. I, I like Marquette a lot, but Butler, I guess, just the better team last night. I didn't get to watch any of that game, unfortunately. And then maybe the biggest surprise of everything this week, and maybe it's just because it's in our faces all the time here on the radio and on television and in the market we're in, but Louisville plays Miami, who I've seen Miami. In fact, I saw him play Kentucky. Um, I know Kentucky beat them. I thought that was a good win for UK, but uh, Miami, Louisville beats Miami last night, a very good offensive Miami team, uh, I think. Louisville was a 16-point underdog when I looked before the game last night, but yeah. uh, able to beat Miami. That is huge for Kenny Payne, his biggest win probably of his whole time so far as the Louisville coach and definitely much needed with the way things are going with their season. Well, yeah, there's only been 10 of them, Matt, so pretty easy to rank them still to this <laughs> point. But a, a huge win, no doubt about it. I, I had zero... I had that a zero percent chance for Louisville to win that game last night. They were eleven to one on the money line, meaning if you bet ten dollars, you were get a hundred and ten dollars back if you bet Louisville. Now I can't imagine there's too many people that did that because Miami had been playing pretty well this season. Louisville obviously has not played well, but I agree with you a thousand percent. The biggest win of Kenny Payne's career, just to, for them to be able to go on the road. I think they had lost twenty two straight road games, so for them to break that streak with a team that to be quite frank with you, still isn't all that good, but they played really well last night. Mike James came out of the gate and was a, a lightning rod for Louisville. I think he had 16 of their first 18 points. So without him last night, I don't know that they win that game, but hats off to him for going down there to Miami, getting it done. A tough tough place to play in Miami with a pretty solid team. They were in the Final Four last year, so good win. I've had, Justin, I've had a couple texts uh, since the show yesterday and really since the Indiana loss um, a couple nights ago, uh, Indiana and Louisville in similar places. Uh, man, you know, one of my buddies says that Indiana's in just about as tough a place as what Louisville is. I disagree with that totally. I know we're going to mm -hmm. get into Coach Woodson here some. That's why I wanted to bring you on in this segment. But rank Indiana and Louisville. Do you agree with me that Indiana, at least this season, is still far above the Cardinals as far as the overall stature of the program? I just think the Louisville thing is so loose in so many different ways. And I, I, I know there's some questionable moments with Coach Woodson. I know there's some fans beginning to get extremely frustrated with Coach Woodson, specifically the substitution patterns. But I still think Indiana is on a whole other level than Louisville and where they're at right now. Yeah, I would too, although it's getting harder and harder to think that way because it's – I mean, think back to the last time Indiana had success. If you throw out all the green years where they got to the tournament and then subsequently didn't really do much after that, you've got to go all the way back to 2002 when Indiana was in the championship game against Maryland. So it, it, think about it that way, and it's been 21 years since Indiana has consistently made tournament runs. So that that aspect is getting harder to look at like that. If you, if you take a look at Louisville, they won the tournament in 2013 although the NCAA says they didn't win the tournament in 2013. But they, I just feel like they've had it, – it has been really similar. It's, it's weird to look at it like that because on the floor – 
at least with the players the last two years, this year and last year, Indiana has competent basketball players. They have guys that go out there that try, they hustle, they play hard. Louisville hasn't had that for two years now. So as of right now, I would say Indiana's still a notch above. But if they don't start having some semblance of success in the NCAA tournament, I do think it's it's very close in terms of them and Louisville. All right, Justin, in today's world, social media uh, allows coaches just to get tore up, mm-hmm. even after their first game and they don't win. It's not a society anymore where people wait two, three, four seasons in to make judgments on things. It's a very quick-acting world that we live in. So there have been criticisms of Mike Woodson that I see pop up various places on a regular basis since he took the coaching job here. Probably people disappointed that he got hired in the first place with criticisms. But uh, that said, I I just don't pay any of that any attention. Um, However, I do feel that over the last couple games, especially after the loss at Rutgers, that it's no longer just the nutty fan on social media that has no clue about basketball or how college sports work or uh, anything like that. It's become much more commonplace where people that were in his corner, people that have been hopeful that he's the right guy, have either turned the page or are beginning to think that way. Where do you you're you're an IU fan? Mm-hmm. I, I really would classify you as a diehard mm-hmm. Hoosier guy that follows them uh, through the good and bad, through the good moments, the bad moments, the tough moments. Where are you at, and where do you think the majority of this fan base is at right now with Mike Woodson? That's a, another tough question. That's it's really hard to quantify that, Matt, because that's. I, I like Mike Woodson a whole lot. I, I really do. I, I, with him being an alumni, I think he resonates with the fan base and the players as well. But to continue the Louisville comparisons, he had never coached in college basketball. And that's Louisville hired Kenny Payne, same situation. He had never coached in college basketball. But Mike Woodson has never been at the level of winning four, five, six games in a season. He's always had a respectable record at the end of the year. So, I don't know. I mean, I I know that Woodson can coach. I I just has time passed him by. I, I I don't know. I'm so torn on the whole Mike Woodson thing because I am such a big fan of Mike Woodson. I love the way he carries himself. I love the way he speaks to the media. I love the way he is with his players. It, he he just for for me is a great guy to have around. But if you're not winning, it goes back to the NCAA tournaments. If you're not consistently making runs in the NCAA tournaments, now Woodson has got there his first two years, so there is something to be said for that. But you have to do something once you get into the tournament, and that's what he hasn't done so far. And Indiana, as you know, Matt, they're they're an impatient fan base. I'd argue one of the most impatient fan bases in all of college athletics, but I I don't know. I'm still of the mindset, give him a year or two more. Let's see what he can do. Recruiting numbers kind of got me a little bit worried for next year. Of course, you've only got Liam McNeely signed for next year, so – you got to start getting some guys, and I know the portal is going to be a big part of that. He'll he'll try to attack the portal come the springtime or when the season comes to its conclusion. But you've got you've, you're going to have a lot to replace off this team for next year, and interested to see how that pans out. All right, does Xavier Johnson come back? Does he start? Does he play after his flagrant to an ejection from the game the other night? Oh, man. I would say so, yeah, just because going back to the type of person that Woodson is, he's he seems like the type of guy that would have loyalty to the guys that have been loyal to him, and, and Xavier Johnson has been loyal to Mike Woodson, no doubt about that, and he is a good player. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Xavier Johnson, to be honest with you. It seems like there's something between the years going on. I, hasn't played well in his two games that he came back, and then the whole flagrant thing the other night was just – 
it was odd. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I would like to see Xavier come back and and get back to the point guard he had been for Indiana this time here. That that would go a long way in helping Indiana. But I mean, if not, why not go back to the Gabe Cupswell? He he played really well when Xavier had to miss those games. So yeah, I mean, maybe it is a situation you start Gabe Cup, bring Xavier off the bench, maybe to help the team get a spark. But it's Xavier Johnson's going to be an interesting guy to watch moving forward. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, great man, great IU fan with us here in this opening segment. Justin, thanks for the chat today. Oh, Absolutely. one other thing yeah. I forgot. IU women, they had to battle a little bit last night, but they got a really good win over Penn State. Text yesterday to this show, and not just yesterday, but in general, when I'm out and about, I was out at the uh, Silver Creek Christian Academy game Tuesday night. A lot of people come up, hey, we want to hear more about the women's team. Hey, we've got tickets to the women's uh, team's games, or we're going up this weekend for a big women's game. Uh, they are really, even more so than the past few seasons when it's really grown, they're really catching on with a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And maybe that's kind of helped bridge the gap between the unsuccess, I guess you would call it, of the men's team because seeing this women's team have the success that they've had. Yeah, they had to battle last night, but they ended up getting it done. Eight-point win against Penn State to move up to 5-0 and in Big Ten play. Mackenzie Holmes is so fun to watch. Sydney Parrishes as well. Chloe Moore McNeil, another one of their big players. I have been really invested in this Indiana team. They just play a, such a beautiful brand of basketball, and and that's you got to give credit to Terry Moore, and she has been fantastic for Indiana. And, and think about it, Matt. You know, Indiana women's basketball for the majority of their history has been looked at in a similar light as Indiana football. There's the, not very little su- success throughout the time, but this Indiana women's team has really changed the narrative here the last few years, gotten some really good players in, and they're a lot of fun to watch. We talked about it. I, I think you brought it up yesterday or Tuesday, but they play Iowa this weekend at Iowa, so really looking forward to that one. Should be a fun game. Hopefully they settle down Caitlin Clark a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, Providence, Jeffersonville, my favorite game of the weekend, Saturday night, your prediction? Whoa, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'm likely to say Jeff just because they are the bigger school. They're going to have a somewhat of a size advantage over Providence. But look, these, this Providence team has been rolling, not just this year, but last year, the year before. And they've got a lot of those same pieces that were on that team a couple years ago. So I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it'll – oh, man. I think Jeff will pull it out in the end. Is, is it at Providence? Uh, at Jeff. Okay, yeah, I think Jeff ultimately gets it done then. But I, you should be in for a good one. Yeah, it should be good. Justin Kalen, thanks for all you do. Appreciate you coming on here in this opening segment. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, the best college teams have the best talent, and it costs now. Mr. Cuban may just have to open that wallet. IU needs stability. Firing Woodson would be a mistake. Good point. Definitely. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll talk the latest NIU basketball as the Hoosiers gear up for another Big Ten contest coming up on Friday night. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for 
all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter writes in, I watched the movie Blue Chips last night. I have to admit it was so refreshing to see how Indiana was portrayed as a powerhouse. I honestly think that is partly as a fan living through that era, knowing what we were, that makes you really impatient as a fan. Gosh, I haven't seen the movie Blue Chips for many, many years, but uh, that's a classic and a good one for sure. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us on this Thursday edition of the show. Uh, Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture brings you this segment. They've got great, convenient locations, two of them in downtown New Albany, uh, also the new location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Make sure you stop by, check out Todd and Butch Coleman for all the great offerings that they have. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Glad to have you as we talk IU basketball. And Justin and I in the first segment talking a little bit about Coach Woodson and uh, where things stand and the frustration of fans. And I tell you what, running the Inside the Hall website every day, you put out great content, but you also have to hear and interact with a lot of fans. A lot of your readers are very loyal people. You have a communication forum, a discussion forum, that people have pretty high-level discussions of IU basketball on that forum. Where do you think fans are at right now with Coach Woodson? I have a feeling your uh, answer is going to be not in a very good place with him right now. Yeah, it's, the tone is definitely switched. Um, obviously, I mean, we've talked about it before, Matt. I mean, the first two years of Woodson's tenure, I thought overall the fact that, you know, he came in and got to the tournament two straight years, um, there were some things that you looked at and said maybe they could have done this or that better, but you look at the first two seasons and, you know, generally I think you had to be pretty pleased with, with where things were, especially coming off of, Archie Miller tenure, which was very underwhelming and, and just not being able to get to the tournament. And I, I think most people, the realistic viewpoint is, you know, Indiana needs to just get back to making the tournament every season. And I think now that we've, we're 16 games into this season and people see kind of where this particular season is going, uh, they're not seeing a path towards making the tournament. I mean, this is a team that started out, I think, 49th or 50th in Ken Palm. As we sit here today, Matt, they're 94. Uh, all their computer metrics are indicative of a team that's not even really in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. I know uh, Eamon Brennan, who uh, now, you know, a longtime college basketball writer, now writes his own uh, stuff, but he, he does bubble watch every year, a big, pretty pretty popular feature. I know he had his first edition out recently and Indiana wasn't even mentioned on there. And so I think people are obviously not happy with that and they have every right to be uh, the fan. You know, you put in your money to whether it's to pay for a TV uh, subscription to, to watch all these different platforms, whether you're paying for tickets to go to a game and pay for parking and just the time invested uh, you know, you want to see something that's fun to watch and 
you, you want to see a product that, that seems to be improving over the course of the season and you, building towards something. And I don't think when you watch this Indiana team right now that any of those boxes are being checked. Certainly not the, the play uh, in terms of being disciplined when a team is consistently giving up a, a ton of offensive rebounds and turning the ball over and shooting four from 15 from the free throw line and airballing. I think it was three and there was another one that just hit the backboard to make it four three pointers in the second half at Rutgers that weren't even close. That is something that people are going to speak up about. It's one thing if you go on the road to, to Nebraska and Rutgers and play well and just get beat. I think people can live with that. I think people know that, you're not going to win every road game in the Big Ten. It's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten, but there's enough evidence, I think, from this particular season, 16 games in, that this Indiana team is not figuring things out. Uh, and then you have something like what Xavier Johnson did the other night, I think that makes even people more angry. So it's definitely a situation where people are frustrated and they're letting it be known. And uh, as, the, as the person that oversees the – the social media and the, the different platforms, the comments on our site and uh, the community that we've built uh, over a long time, it's, you know, I, I can see these things changing and, and, I, and I definitely see a, a noticeable difference in the way that people are talking about and uh, interacting uh, this team. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's really out of the control of anybody uh, that it's a fan or it, it's, it's all about the people who are, in that locker room and uh, the coaching staff to get this figured out. But uh, when, it, when it's on a path like this season is right now, I, I think it's justified that people are frustrated and they're letting their frustrations be known. Alex Bozich inside the hall presented by Todd Coleman's classic furniture. Alex, uh, obviously coach Woodson, he can't get out on the floor. He can't make shots. He can't mm -hmm. change the defense uh, or intensity of the defense, but uh, there are some things that he obviously, as a fan or as somebody like us, media, watching, covering the game, there's things that we can judge that he directly has control over. And one of the things that has really perplexed me is the uh, substitution patterns. And I know that uh, that's NBA style. I know that NBA has been a great part of Mike Woodson's professional life, even going back to being a player. Um, and I know that kids, players, prospects these days, they like the NBA connection that he has. But if your bench is what it is with Indiana this season, I don't quite understand how you can go to that many subs all at the same juncture. That's one of the things that we can directly see in a game that Coach Woodson is doing, those group subs at key moments. What are other coaching-specific things that you've picked up on or people in your community of subscribers have picked up on that you think solely go back to Coach Woodson and decisions he's making in-game that you could be critical of at this point? Yeah, I mean, the substitution thing, and, and I thought the other night, I thought I thought Rabbi asked a perfectly fair question after the game uh, up there in Piscataway about the subs because it's been a thing that people have talked about. I've tweeted about it all season. Uh, I don't think Woodson necessarily appreciated the question, but I thought it was a fair question. And I think the, you know, I'll hit on the sub. Before I get into some of the other things, just want to talk briefly about the sub thing is, is that I, I think the and I, I think the disconnect a little bit there is is not really explaining from his perspective kind of the the mentality behind the sub thing. You know, he he said that 
you know, we can't play starters 40 minutes a game, which people obviously understand that. Nobody expects that to be the case. But continuing to have these mass substitutions and talking about a term like second unit, that's more of an NBA term. I mean, the best college teams, and we've talked about this over a long period of time, Matt, ideally I think you play seven, maybe eight guys, your best players, and you ride those guys as many minutes as possible. That's what Kansas does this season. They don't have a strong bench. They're playing their guys as, as many minutes as they can tolerate. And I know there's a worry about wearing guys down over the course of the season, but when Indiana goes into its bench, the drop-off is such that y- you're you're almost self-sabotaging because you have built up a lead, in this case in the Rutgers game, a seven-point lead, and then all of a sudden you have two different lineups on the court where you've got one starter and four subs, and the level of play dropped off that such that Indiana kind of lost its footing and its momentum. And I think that's where people are like, you know, what's going on here? And they've seen it now. It's not just this season. It's been over multiple seasons and maybe a little, a little bit easier to kind of make up for it when you have Trace Jackson Davis. Last season, you've got guys like Jalen Hood-Shafino. You can quickly kind of get some, make some plays when, when those guys come back in. Um, but not as easy this season when you, you've got a lot less margin for there. So on the substitution thing, I think it's been a perfectly fair thing to, to question, and I think it's something people are going to continue to question until you see some changes there. The other things I would say are allowing so many offensive rebounds. I mean, I, I to an extent that's, a, that's an effort thing, and that's but that's also like holding guys accountable, you know, for that, and uh, you know, I, I know I know there's only so many ways you can do that. You know, you can go to the bench, which we've just talked about, maybe is the greatest idea. But that's got to be something that's like top of the list in terms of what they're working on in practice. So obviously, we don't see practice, we don't know what they're working on. But you know, Tom Izzo always talks about his team when they don't defensive rebound. You know, they're, they're bringing out the football pads and they're they're making them get tougher and 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 realize how important that is. I mean, that that's a thing that you can control, and Indiana is one of the taller teams in not only the Big Ten, but the country. You look at the Ken Palm stat average height. I think they're second or third in the country. They shouldn't be this bad of a defensive rebounding team. The other thing I, I would say is just the sloppiness with the ball. You know, turning it over 19 times at Nebraska, I think it was, and then 18 the other night at Rutgers, that, that to me shows a lack of discipline in terms of how the team is, is valuing the ball and, and carelessness. It's almost like, you know, it's fine if somebody throws the ball away or if somebody makes a pass, it's if somebody's feet or just makes a, a bad decision. I think that's another thing that people look at and say, uh, that's, that's a coaching thing. I mean, that was the thing that people, for how many years, Matt, we talked about on the show, people were angry at Tom Crean because his team's turned the ball over so much. And that was directly a thing that people said, well, he's, struggling in that thing from a coaching perspective. I think that's something that has got to be an emphasis because those are fundamental things that you learn from, you know, uh, when you're coaching basketball or playing basketball at an early age, it's like, all right, you got to take care of the ball, make good passes and box out and rebound. And those are two basic things that this team uh, doesn't do with any regularity or consistency. And so I think that's where you begin to have people, look at the coaching and what's going on and then say what's what, what's going on here. And, and to me, those are really the two uh, biggest things with, besides the substitution, which I talked about there, that, that are really kind of uh, irking people. And, and Indiana fans are they, – they know basketball. They, they watch uh, – you know, they follow this program. 
365 days a year. Uh, they're informed. Um, they're passionate. That's what makes it such a great program to, to follow. And, and uh, you know, really, uh, with, even despite the struggles for so many years, this fan base has, has been something that's really never wavered. And I think when you get to a point with a program where people just don't care anymore, uh, that would be a bad thing. And that's definitely not the case with Indiana fans. They care about the program. They want to see it succeed. And it's, it's frustrating watching a team make the same mistakes over and over. Really good stuff there from Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. This segment each Thursday presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. I know you just touched on a lot of things. I want to go to the Thornton's text line for a couple uh, questions or comments. Texter says, does Alex think Woodson is the right coach for Indiana? Alex, where are you at right now? I know you know you cover this closely as anyone that I know. Um, I, I don't feel like we're approaching the end of Mike Woodson at any no. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Where, where are you at with this thing? Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I, I think that's an overreaction. Obviously, people are entitled to their opinion, and there's been plenty of that, you know, from the, some of the fans that I interact with that. You know, hey, it's, it, you know, this isn't working. And but you know, it's the middle of year three. Uh, he's obviously made the tournament the last couple of years. I think he deserves the opportunity to figure things out, and we'll see where things are at the end of the season. I, you know, there's not going to be anything in terms of a change or anything like that anytime soon, in my opinion. So it's it's kind of a um, maybe a you know pointless conversation to have at this point in time, but. You know, I kind of like to try to break it down in terms of like seasons and in terms of like the first two seasons. As I said at the top of this conversation, I thought he did a relatively good job. This season in particular, I don't think he's doing necessarily a good enough job for for what talent he has on this roster. I think there's some obviously issues with the construction and how the team was put together, uh, lack of shooting being kind of the, the biggest thing. But I mean, this is it you can't really look at the results so far and look at the team and saying it has gone from, you know, a team that most people in the preseason thought would be a tournament team to a team that really barring a complete turnaround and a bunch of wins that nobody's predicting is not going to really sniff the NCAA tournament and say that that's good enough. And I don't think Mike Woodson, you know, at the end of the season, if they continue on this path and don't reach the tournament, I don't think he's going to sit there and say it's good enough, but you know, I, I also think there's there's nuance to the to the conversation and kind of a realization that you know this you know this is not going to be a situation where he's like he's not obviously not coaching for his job nor do I think he should be, but I do think there's some things that people can look at and say uh, it's not headed in the right direction. And when that time comes in the off season, um, you know I think it's going to be a pivotal off season just in terms of you know, going into next year, regardless of what happens this year, I think they need to do a better job in terms of putting pieces together that fit uh, to try to be more well-positioned uh, to win in, in the modern style of basketball. I think that's maybe uh, the best answer I can give you at this point. Alex Bozich inside the hall. I uh, want to ask Alex one more question about the Friday game, then uh, we'll mm -hmm. let Alex go and get to the Thornton's text line. we got a number of good texts. I want to make sure we get on the air today. This game Friday is a really tricky one for Indiana. 
It's probably still a little early to say it's a must-win game, but as the path narrows with some of the tough competition ahead, um, it's a game I think Indiana at home against Minnesota, who is one of the teams projected to be in the bottom of the Big Ten, who whose coaches thought maybe to be on the hot seat this season. Uh, they are 12-3 and three overall, however, and they actually have a decent uh, start to the conference season with a 3-1 and one record. So it's not a pushover game at all, especially with how Indiana has been playing uh, front court especially, or I should say back court especially, excuse me. Uh, so I think a tricky game coming up on Friday, but Alex, it's one Indiana. They've darn near got to have it at this point, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what you're looking at, how you define must win at this point, because I, I don't see Indiana as a tournament team. So, I, I mean, is it, it's, it's a must win, you know, if they want to stay relevant in terms of the Big Ten standings and have a chance to get the close to 500 by the season end of the season, this is the game you need to win. I mean, you need to win most of your home games. So that goes without saying. You know, I've already written – I haven't published it yet. I've already written my preview on Minnesota. Um, they're – Obviously, the record is a little bit deceiving because they played the worst. When I say worst, Matt, I mean 362nd out of 362 teams. The worst non-conference schedule of anybody in the country. So they they basically bought seven or eight of those wins in Big Ten play. They do have, uh, you know, a home win over Ohio State. They've got, um, you know, a road win uh, against Michigan. they got a home win against Maryland, uh, and also a home win against Nebraska. So they've been a good team at home. Uh, really haven't done much uh, away from home. Obviously, they did get that win at Michigan, but Michigan's uh, obviously a disaster at this point. So it, it's a different Minnesota team than the one we saw last uh, season. Uh, da- Dawson Garcia is playing relatively well, not shooting the ball particularly well, which is something I would be concerned about from an IU perspective because he's a guy that can go outside of the perimeter and make threes hasn't done it up to this point, but it wouldn't be surprising if he does it a little bit uh, tomorrow night. And then, you know, their backcourt is totally revamped. Uh, Elijah Hawkins came in uh, the transfer from Howard. He's done really well. He's sixth in the country in assist rate. Been a pretty good three-point shooter, too, almost 39%. And Mike Mitchell, the transfer from Pepperdine, shooting 41% on threes. Uh, they also got a freshman by the name of Cam Christie, who's the younger brother of Max Christie, played at Michigan State, now with the Lakers. He's shooting close to 40% in three. So these guys can shoot from the perimeter. Um, they're they're obviously not all that tested uh, against high-level competition, particularly away from home, but they've won most of the games that you know they should have won, and uh, they're higher in Indiana right now in Ken Palm. It's a game that really uh, his formula right now looks at as a relative toss-up. They've got Indiana winning by two. So, you know, Indiana's got to play. They, they have played better to their credit at home. Uh, they got to come out and play well, and they got to correct some of these mistakes but uh, that they made in the, in the past two road games and, and just try to get some positive momentum. But I think it's a, it's a game that Indiana, uh, you know, if, if they want to – avoid a complete free fall which you know there's three games after this peeking ahead at the schedule you got Purdue at home and I think you got Wisconsin and Illinois back to back on the road Uh, this is the game you got to win otherwise you could be looking at a pretty long losing streak yeah no question Alex Bozich inside the hall Alex can't thank you enough great conversation today appreciate all you bring to the show uh reader or listeners check out inside the hall.com and at inside the hall on social media to follow Alex and his crew we'll talk with you next Thursday All right, Matt. Thank you, as always.
our segment with Alex brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Want to get to the Thornton's text line here to close out this segment. We've got some great texts, and I really appreciate everybody not only listening but taking time out to text in your thoughts and comments. This one says, I'm a Hoosier currently living in New Mexico. Give Woody this season, and if they struggle and miss the tournament, and then again next year, same results, IU should move on. Everyone will say Dusty May, but why not Bruce Pearl as the next coach? He wins everywhere immediately and won't be scared of the IU fans or history. Pearl is the guy, whether you like it or not. Just a couple things there. It's, to me, way, way too early uh, to talk about uh, coaching changes. Alex did a great job of, of summarizing, so therefore it's hard to talk about candidates. But what I will say about both of the people that the text are from New Mexico, and by the way, thanks for streaming us on the Big X and listening to the podcast, however you listen in New Mexico. That is awesome. It's amazing to hear from people that used to be from here or live elsewhere or found us somewhere on the internet. Very appreciative of everybody, local and beyond. But that said, Dusty May, I have known forever. He's a former IU manager. He's a Southern Indiana guy, basically from Greene County, uh, a little bit by Bloomington. Um, I, I love his Florida Atlantic teams. It was amazing to see him make it to the Final Four last year. Um, I watched their big win over Arizona earlier this year. It was a great game. Uh, I love everything about him, his personality, uh, how he's handled his success at Florida Atlantic. Um, who knows what his plans are, but he definitely, whether it's Louisville, uh, other schools this offseason, he's going to continue to be someone that is pursued by colleges. So who knows if he's even available a few years down the line or if he makes a move and then another move to Indiana down the line, uh, whether it's to replace Coach Woodson because he's leaving or out or maybe because Coach Woodson down the line is, has some success and is ready to retire. Who knows? But Dusty May would be, to me, just a natural fit. But I do sense that the fan base, and I sense this definitely heading into the Woodson hire, they're so frustrated and so upset that this great program that they continue to support and love and, and make a blue blood, even though the talent and the results may not be blue blood level, I think they're ready for whatever it takes to work, whether you got to get an IU guy or not, whether you got to get uh, a guy that's had some past issues uh, in the NCAA or not. Uh, so, and I agree, Bruce Pearl uh, is, he, he does an amazing job. I like how he handles himself. Uh, I would think that he would make a lot of sense at Indiana. But again, to me, disrespectful, way too early for me to offer those conversations here. Uh, still uh, riding with Mike Woodson if I had a vote in the matter, which obviously I do not. But thank you for the text. Also, text says, another texter says, if Indiana fans are frustrated, how do Indiana recruits feel? Uh, that is a good point. But keep in mind, right now, technically, just one recruit in the bag, Liam McNeely, and he obviously is a really big one for Indiana. There's no question about that. I think Indiana still is definitely in the picture for Derek Queen, so the recruiting situation could still turn out to be really good. Of course, the transfer portal, you never know. That's kind of its own season um, after the regular season, the NCAA tournament season of college basketball. But generally, things like this can hurt recruiting. But think back to Indiana getting some big recruits, maybe not as often as you would like, uh, in some of the bad moments that they've had. Uh, there have been times where you cringe, thinking, oh my gosh, Indiana laid an egg or had that kind of performance with Romeo Langford and all these potential targets there for this game. 
but they seem to find a way uh, to still keep some here. So maybe the recruiting's not at the level it could be. Uh, but yes, definitely, these bad swings, these bad moments do not help Indiana's recruiting, and you hope that Liam McNeely you know, stays with it, given this new world of recruiting and transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. Next text, uh, Texter says, the poor free throw shooting is what really irks me with IU basketball. I agree. I think most people do. Unfortunately, as someone who pays attention to basketball at all levels, from really the youth all the way up, free throw shooting is a lost art. It's not something that kids are interested in working on. It's not flashy. It's uh, important in the game. I think we realize that. They realize that when they get in key situations and, and miss a couple big ones because they're winded or or whatever the case may be. But uh, with all the high school games that we do on the radio and all the youth basketball stuff that, that we do, um, you know, I, I see it time and time again where free throws and key situations are missed. Uh, and uh, really when, you, when I do see in a high school game uh, that we call here on the Big X an outstanding free throw uh, performance by a team or an individual, we really try to underscore that and highlight that for the very reasons that you mentioned. So thank you guys for those texts. I think I've caught up with most of them that have come in today. We'll head to a commercial break. Quick break, back to wrap up the Thursday show and uh, get you set for the weekend, the Friday game with Minnesota, here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday show. Real quick segment to wrap things up. Again, IU Minnesota Friday night on the Big X. We will have Floyd Central and Jeffersonville on 970 AM WGTK. And it is streaming, if you're curious, WGTK theanswer.com for that Friday night game. Saturday, Jeffersonville, Providence. We'll have that one here on the Big X. 7-10 pregame shows right in that vicinity uh, each night, both Friday and Saturday. But looking forward to being in the gym. Looking forward to rivalry games. Hope that that Jeff Floyd Central game is close and competitive. I do feel like the Jeff Providence game will be a good one for sure on Saturday night. Uh, I feel like Indiana's got to win Friday. Um Interesting to hear Alex Bozich say he doesn't see Indiana as an NCAA team. Things are definitely trending that way. Indiana has found themselves in a bad spot as far as the metrics go. Uh, I think they were 103 in the country in the NCAA's net uh, evaluation tool that they use for the tournament, which is obviously not in a good spot, even though it's just now mid-January or about to be. Uh, still puts Indiana with a tough hill to climb. It's possible, but boy, a lot of stuff would really have to change for this team, I think, to become an NCAA tournament-eligible team. A reminder, no-show Friday. Do have to attend the funeral of Bob Lane, someone that uh, probably many of you uh, knew or crossed paths with over the years. 
former IU Southeast women's basketball coach, tennis coach, intramurals coordinator, uh, park superintendent, New Albany, Fully County, back some years ago, housing authority director. Uh, obviously, uh, we miss him, and he was a great friend of this show and uh, to me as well. So we're going to attend his funeral on Friday. We'll have the games over the weekend and then back with you coming up here on Monday at 11 a.m. Have a great weekend since I won't talk with you tomorrow. Uh, get out to a high school game this weekend if you can, and we'll reconnect and uh, rap about it all, talk about it all on Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.